Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nintendo Fanboys! This is episode 19, and I'm back! After Steven bored the hell out of you all, um, I'm back. So that means uh, probably we're going to lose 400 subscribers, and this will have a view count of 12. Yeah, because everybody told me that I should fire you and do this by myself all the time. I know, by and by everyone, there were like one, two people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, last I, I'm actually proud of last, I was going to say last week, but it's probably last year's podcast. At this rate, we, we've been pretty bad uh, doing podcasts. This will actually be the third fanboy in a row. We've completely abandoned Canadian gamers because we're we're very lazy. So yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I take full responsibility over everything that happens in this planet. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to? It's been a hell of a long time since we've spoken. Yeah, well, first off, I've been playing a game with, which we'll be talking about basically the entire podcast, which will be the topic of the show, which is Dragon Quest Seven. So there's really no need to talk about that for right now. But besides that, I haven't really been playing much of anything else. Actually, I had something to talk about Nintendo-related, but I completely forgot about it because you distracted me with your foolishness. <laughs> My foolishness. But I did. I, I was playing uh, Axiom Verge, and then I stopped because, like I keep telling everybody, like if I can't play a game on the toilet, I don't have much time to do so. so. But you can play it on the toilet. I'd ha- You're right, but I'd have to buy it on the Vita. Well, you just move your toilet to somewhere where... <laughs> actually, I think you could actually bring your Wii U in the bathroom, plug it in, you don't even need to hook it up to TV and it will work. Would you, uh, yeah, exactly. So there you so go. There, so that's stop a very you. easy solution. It is. Space, I should set it up right there. <laughs> and that's Pretty much, uh, pretty much it, I believe. What about you? Oh, same thing, really. Um, I haven't done much, man. Uh, I was playing through the last one that I played through was um, oh my god, what the heck was that called? I am Setsuna. That was the last thing that I did, and then um, I had like a week and a half off, something like that. Not off of work, but off of game playing. I just stopped playing everything. Uh, Axiom Verge came out, and I've been recording that for, well, for this that you're watching right now. Uh, but I only did maybe three hours worth of gameplay, um, and then I just got really busy with work and other stuff going on around here. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stop. Um, it's going to be a little bit boring, probably the next podcast that we do where I have footage because I have to remember where the hell I am in Axiom Verge and what I'm doing. Yeah, same here. Um, but... Now, basically, every waking moment I have, I'm playing um, uh, what's called Dragon Quest, and I'm playing it right now as I talk to you. <laughs> and just like I, I did the argument last time when I did this alone, that you were full of it by saying you had no time. So just to be clear, how many hours are you in Dragon Quest Seven right now? Uh, I just booted this back up, and I'm at 32. <laughs> so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This guy doesn't have time to do videos, but... 32 hours of Dragon Quest in four days, five days, or actually well, a week. 
in a week. Yeah, almost a almost week. Almost. Because I think I, I downloaded it on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but this is how I've been doing it. Like, I cook dinner while playing. I talk, uh, like, for a podcast while playing. <laughs> I, uh, no, seriously, it's been really, really funny. Like, I, I've been, it's, it's, it's the you scenario. You, it's the toilet. Me, it's, like, I don't need a TV. It's awesome. I don't need, you know, I don't need to do anything. I can easily play this, like, right before bed for a bit, which is it's what I've been doing, and it's actually the worst thing ever because I ended up going to bed one time at, like, almost 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, yeah, you can't make videos at 3 a.m. That <laughs> doesn't really work well. Otherwise, Serena will kill me. Well, she almost killed me with this. She was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Go to bed. I'm like, I almost leveled this <laughs> I think you were going to wait till Wednesday to start playing this. Yes. You're weird. Uh, special, maybe. That's, yeah. well, no, no, weird is right. <laughs> Well, right now I am trying to get Maribel to... Um... Anyway, uh, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, that's right. Okay. He... Fine, fine. You want to move on to news? Well, start off with your Pokemon news, because there was some stuff... There was Actually, I, I heard about a couple of these developments, but go ahead, you know more than I do, and it'll be interesting to, um, to hear. I wanted mainly to talk about Pokemon Uranium, which I really want to do the damn review. I've, I've done the written review, which you should probably should probably put it on the site by now. The problem is I want to do it properly, so I want a microphone. Like right now, my voice is better than it ever was, but I still, with a microphone, I, I believe, like we would be near perfection with our podcast. But man, it's 145 bucks is the cheapest uh, microphone, so I was. I don't know why I'm waiting, but I'm waiting somehow. Maybe I'll ask for an early Christmas present from my parents or something like that. It's just hard to justify my this purchase when I... Well, do you want me to buy you that or those games? Because it's going to come to the same damn thing. <laughs> well, we'll, talk. well, we'll see, man. I don't, I, I, I don't want to... Don't want to trouble you with anything right now. <laughs> Listen to it's this. Lot, this is a lot uh, more expensive. What? I'm gonna spend a hundred bucks on two games, or I'm gonna spend like what? Three DS games are forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with tax and shipping and all this, it'll probably be like four hundred. So. Yeah. Whatever the case, the reason for that is I don't know why Jed screwed up last time by buying me games I already own, and so he wanted. By he, I wanted him to rectify the situation by buying new games I did not own. And he was supposed to have done that already. I guess he did not. But I need to do that. So you, you should post the review online, though. The written one. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I can do that. I can do and that. And I'll try to get up. Because now it's not re re as relevant as it was like when I did the review, damn it, because I completed the game like four weeks ago, whenever the last time we did the Fanboys episode. And now the big news about Pokemon Uranium is that the creators have completely stopped doing updates on the game. They've announced via their Twitter account that they were no longer yeah. going to be working on Uranium, which kind of yeah. sucks because there are still tons of bugs and tons of things to fix during Pokemon Uranium, but then again, this is very, very time-consuming, cons con consuming, and it's 
something they're doing for free, obviously. They're not making any money on this. So I understand how uh, they came to this uh, decision, but it's still disappointing. And it's just, this This was such a huge phenomenon, 1.5 million downloads in 24 hours. This sounded like it was going to be really something special and was going to last for a while and it's already over. Like I, I, I'm not sure how the online worked because I, we still haven't tried it yet, but I imagine that it's not server-based. It might be like old PC games used to work, I'm guessing. I have no clue because it, it, can't, well, it can't be paying for server space. You'll know because if it's peer-to-peer, it will never shut down. Unless yeah. they update the game, it'll be online forever. Yeah, that's what I assume it is. But I, I have a question. Do you think, because people have been asking about this, do you think this had anything to do with Nintendo? No, not at all. Like, you don't think so? Not you think this all. was genuinely them? They, they completely mentioned that it was too time-consuming for them. And the the game is not officially available. So they've already updated it twice, I believe, since the game is not officially available. So I... I I don't think it's because of Nintendo. It could be. I I, I don't have a crystal a crystal ball, but well, I don't get one. I should. That's another thing you should get. You, but I really <laughs> don't see why Nintendo they, like they would have stopped. Well, it's if they told them to cease and desist, right? And they continued to work and update the game. Yeah, but that's they, the thing. They haven't told them to cease and desist. Oh, I thought they did. No, they did not. Oh, okay. They, All right. They did this as a prevention because they assumed that they were gonna be uh, and that we're gonna slam them with a season disease eventually. Okay. Because of the whole Metroid Two uh, remake. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. They I was under the impression before. they already did. No, they did not. I was. Uh, okay. So that's about it for Pokemon Uranium. I don't think you've played it since, right? No, not ever since I lost that uh, thing. I was like, well, screw that. Yeah. Because, like, uh, what the hell's the point of that? Like, now, uh, well, now, honestly, I, like, forget it. My whole life is revolving around yeah. this game. So it's like me, like, I'm, I really enjoyed Uranium, but I'm a huge, like, I'm like how you are with Dragon Quest. I'm the same with Pokemon. And Uranium was fantastic for me. But I think the review, written review is pretty good. Yeah, it, it is. It'll give you a pretty good impression on the game, and I'll try to get this done eventually. Hopefully I get a mic to record it properly, but we'll see, because I don't want this to linger too much because I know myself, uh, eventually I'll never do it. So I need to get on this, and that's about it for Uranium. What about your... What was the other... Well, like? Know, there, was, there was updates, but I'm trying to think since the last fanboys, but it's not really that, that big of a deal. It's, it's, it's cool stuff. They're basically... Every week there's a new trailer on YouTube, which is fantastic. We can get hyped for that all the time. Sometimes it's like a five-minute trailer. Sometimes it's a 45-second trailer. So can't wait. And also really want that. Damn, they announced a new 3DS uh, XL Pokemon <laughs> model. And I want it, damn it. Hey, you you are such a sucker. Yeah, I know. I uh, I really want one. I, I, I'm disappointed because I got the Triforce uh, 3D, new 2DS XL and it's fine. It, it's, it looks good, but it's, it's, it's not a Pokemon one. 
You you crack me up. You're like those Sony fanboys that like buy like seven PS3s or or like now PS4s. They're like, ooh, it has a little, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> yeah, slightly different color. It's, it's different, like different. So between me and those guys, is that I don't actually go through with it. This is true. I haven't bought like I really wanted the Pokemon, uh, the new 3DS, just the normal Pokemon one. It's like an XL that they did for the virtual console releases. Really wanted it, never got it. Wanted the Fire Emblem one, never got it. So I have some kind of discipline. Some. This is good. This is good. You are a father. That's important. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I did the same thing, actually. Um, like, I really... I, I needed... Well, needed. I wanted a, um, a 3DS XL, the North American model there. And... Um, and I waited, and then the Fire Emblem one came out, and I was like, sure, why not? You know, I didn't have one, so what the hell? Like, it was worth it, and I'm happy I got this one. Well, it's like you with Zelda. You didn't need to get that particular model or whatever, but you didn't have one, so you went out and got one, and that's cool. I would have been really tempted just mainly for, like, supporting the game and stuff. Like, had there been, like, a slime one, yeah. then... I would have been very, very tempted. And I must admit, whenever a Zelda one comes out, I am very, very tempted to to do that. And I've, I've been very good. The only time, I think, was with a Game Boy one, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't they release, like, an SP that was, like, gold or, or Triforce or something? Probably. Anyways, I think that was the only time I remember actually doing something like that. And even that, I may be wrong. It's been so friggin' long. Yeah, the Zelda... New 2DS XL that I got is the first time ever that I ever got a special uh, handheld system. Like all of my previous handhelds were usually the launch models or just a regular color, but this is the mm -hmm. first time I got one. And the reason is when Majora's Mask was announced, they announced a kick-ass new 2DS Majora's Mask, and that was the new 2DS XL was pretty much coming out at the same time in in North America at least as Majora's Mask because by the time I already had the Japanese one, but I really needed a North American one eventually. Well, I didn't really need it, but I wanted one. But the mm -hmm. problem is that one was sold out the second it was put online. And never it, the price never came down since. And as soon as I saw the Triforce one, which was to coincide with the... Uh, what, what was the game? The, the multiplayer Zelda Triforce Heroes. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was a GameStop exclusive. As soon as I saw that, I impulse bought, bought it because I imagined that it was going to be impossible to find but it didn't happen that one stayed uh, actually went down in price like a few really? few months ago it was really really cheap and now I think it's sold out because now it's it's if you, you can only find it like a, on eBay and Amazon by resellers and it's marked up like crazy for no reason it's probably not going to sell but this one didn't catch up as much as the Majora's Mask one, but I'm sure that if I would have waited just a bit, I could have either gotten the Fire Emblem one, which I think is one of the prettiest one, the one you have. Like, I really love it. It's like a gray-white with a really, like, subtle... Yeah, it's it's very subtle, yeah, man. I like that. Like, you can barely see that there's a design I, on I it. I like that. I don't know why I really, I really resonate with that one. I really... Like, that one I would have liked, and the, but the... Did you see the black Pokemon one? The new one? No, I honestly, man, I've seen Jacks. It has the two new uh, Sun and Moon legendaries on it, but it's all in black and well, black and white. So it's amazing. I really want that, but it's life, man. You can't have everything you want in life. No, no, of course, <laughs> of course. 
<coughs> excuse me. Um, no, but I mean, you know, whatever. That's all good. Um, I was surprised I held out for as long as I, I did. Um, but whatever. Um, but if there was like a DQ one with like slimes all over it or something, I, I know me. That would be very hard for me to resist something like that. Yeah. But whatever. $150 Dragon Quest Heroes Collector's Edition. Exactly. That you played many, many times. Yes, I did. I opened it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, so where are we? Let's see. Uh, Pokemon Uranium, Pokemon uh, News in general. All right, Super Mario Run. This was really interesting. But I want you to, like, because you, you had so much success, keep talking, because I'm really interested to hear your take of this, and then I'll give you my take. Um when this was announced and what I thought and stuff. Yeah, I hate doing this way because usually when I say my take, you then say your take, which is now kind of my take, but mixed with a bit more Jaredness. Well, do you want me to tell you my yeah, thing go, first? Go ahead, or? Go ahead. Okay, fine. Um, okay, so basically, um, it. I, I, I keep saying this, and it's funny because I'm the only one who says this. Uh, you don't. Well, it's not agreeing. I don't. I don't want to say that. It's nothing to do with that. It's just you look at it a different way. Ahmed looked at it a different way. I have a whole bunch of friends here that looked at it a different way. But it's just we all knew that um, Nintendo had that DNA. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, deal where they're going to release what was it? Five games? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so there was Mitomo, which I stopped playing now quite a while ago. Um, there's um, Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem. And part of this deal uh, now includes uh, Super Mario Run. Um, but the thing was, it was just the way it was announced just took me back. Like, no, nah, I don't want to say surprise. It's not so much surprising. It's just that it almost felt like the end of an era, if you will. Um, and that's because Miyamoto himself came out on stage at Apple's conference uh, where they were announcing the uh, iPhone 7, I think. Um, and anyways, just seeing him at a non-Nintendo event was very telling of the times, if that makes any sense at all. And he was showing off Super Mario Run, and it's a it's a standard run game. If you don't know what those are, uh, basically you just have to tap the screen at a certain uh, well, like whenever you want your character to jump. It's very very there, there's like a 50 billion of these type of run games. Uh, Sonic, believe it or not, uh, one of the highest like selling games in Sonic history is that Sonic Run type game. So. This is actually a really big deal. They're already saying this could have like 500 million downloads. Um, they are going to charge for it, though, they said. It's not going to be a free-to-play, which is good, because it'll be like a full-fledged experience. And it just looks like your standard run game. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not like, oh my god, greatest game ever. It follows the new Super Mario Brothers uh, look and feel, I assume. Well, feel, not really, but look. And... Um, yeah, it's just, for me, it was, I mean, we expected this. We all knew this was going to happen. It's just, it, it, I don't know. It, it really struck me like, wow, this is, this is telling of where, you know, where Nintendo is right now, where the market is, how things have changed. Um, I felt very similar to when I saw Sonic appear on the Neo Geo Pocket Color in magazines. I was like, wow, like, this is, this is crazy. I never thought 
I would see Sonic, um, you know, on a, on a on a platform that wasn't made by by uh, by Sega, and um, it's almost that same sort of feeling. But again, it's different because we knew. It's just was surprising to see Miyamoto out there at an Apple conference. That's all. That's what really was kind of jarring to me. I I really like the the, the uh, this news. It kind of goes back to. Uh, the Pokemon Go uh, phenomenon that is quickly fading down now, but it's still, we'll talk about some sales uh, later, but it's basically, it put Pokemon back on the map, and I believe this will do even more, because this is actually made uh, by Nintendo. It's not part of the DNA relationship? Yeah, it is. It's, it, pardon me, it's, Nintendo owns this. Uh, Pokemon Go was not part of the uh, DNA. Okay, yet. yeah, yeah, right. Okay, sorry. So, this will get millions and millions of downloads. This will be a paid app, so this is awesome. And we'll, we can't even talk about mobile gaming. Uh, I've been following mobile gaming since uh, Colin started talking about it uh, during the PS I Love You podcast, and apparently it's not as successful as everybody thinks. There's like million, well, millions, there's like hundreds of thousands of apps on there, and really maybe 10 are successful. So it's not, it's over, overflow, it's flooded, basically. And with a game like this with Mario, which is a very well-known uh, character, and if they're charging for it, they're going to make, I assume they're going to make tons of money. They're Shares have already gone up 25% since they announced this, and it's going to have the same effect as Pokemon Go, meaning that one, people are going to download Mario on their phone, they're, they're then going to go to Walmart or to the store, and they're going to purchase 3DS, or they're going to purchase NX to get the latest Mario game. They're going to do the exact same thing they did with Pokemon Go, and this is a perfect synergy that Nintendo has, and this this seems like it doesn't affect at all their uh, regular games. This is a different team working on it. The fact that it's if Miyamoto is involved, that's even better because, like we've talked before, I want Miyamoto as far away from Nintendo's franchise as possible. Make him work on his little projects, that's fine. But this is really uh, great news. If you factor in that they're going to have the, the, the NES Classic Edition, or anniversary edition, whatever it's called, in November, with Super Mario Run a week or two after. Like, Nintendo's going to be a hot item this holiday season. People are going to talk about Mario again, and that's that it can only fare well for the NX launch. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, got nothing to argue with that, man. Uh, nothing to argue whatsoever. And let's that's a perfect segue let's let's segue into the sales okay uh we'll move things around here because i think it's going to be an interesting discussion to to talk about that um so go ahead what what were the sales that you wanted to mention for that all right so while i talk you might want to open your browser and check it yep. out because i'm very professional and i took zero notes but the thing is that we forgot to talk about the July sales, and something very important happened in July that never happened before, and that is that Monster Hunter Generations was the number one selling game in July when you factor in singles queue. So basically, when you don't factor in singles queue, Grand Theft Auto V was the top selling game of, Ju of July, but Grand Theft Auto V is available on 360, PS3, Xbox One, PS4, and PC, so that's 
five different SKUs. So if you don't factor those, Monster Hunter Generations was actually the best-selling game of July. And that's impressive because Monster Hunter has never been a huge seller. I don't even know if it charted once before, and it was the number one selling game in July. So that was incredible. And the 3DS was actually the top-selling console of July. Yep. And when you go to August, I think the Xbox One was the top-selling console yep. of July, but I believe that the 2DS uh, outperformed uh, its previous year-to-year sales. But I like that's why I want you to check, because I, I'm i not sure. But I also wanted to talk about Pokemon Go's impact, because uh, Pokemon Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire, and Pokemon X and Y, they all charted in, uh, I believe it's in August, but it could have been in July, Again, when you factor single SKUs, but yeah, single SKUs. X that's right. and Y came out in 2013, so they're three years old now. And Oras came out in 2014, so you have some three and two year old games that charted, that sold incredibly well because of an app. So that means that people went out and bought the game and probably also bought 3DS. You can imagine that a lot of people who played Pokemon Go did not necessarily have a 3DS and went out of their way to purchase one. Yep. So this is a seems like a perfect uh, synergy uh, between the Nintendo's mobile strategy. To be fair, though, Pokemon Go doesn't really have anything to do with Nintendo, but it's still a good example and something we can uh, pick up some data and expect some similar results with especially with Mario, which is one of their biggest IPs. I'm not sure about Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem, how those, especially Fire Emblem, how that will fare on a mobile market. But that's just uh, very, very solid sales that could tell us a positive story as far as Nintendo's future is concerned. Yeah, and I think this is interesting, and this was the discussion. I don't think Nintendo realized this. I think that's the truth. I think they they had loosey-goosey mobile plans, but once they saw what happened, when they realized the sales, you know, that the 3DS starts picking up sales, the fact that very old Pokemon games start picking up, I think that was like a wake-up call to them to say like, oh, Jesus, maybe we we should not, I don't want to say take it more serious, but that, you know, we can be very strategic with this. And... I can assure you that Pokemon Go 2, or in other words, like, you know, any sort of follow-up that happens, they're going to want to make a lot more money off of. Whether or not they can do it, you know, like we've discussed multiple times with the whole Pokemon company and stuff like that, that, forget about that, but like, you know, like this Mario thing, there's, this is clearly a strategic play. You know, you're announcing this at like one of the largest events for mobile, which is, you know, Apple's big event where they talk about their new phone. Um, you're guaranteed that this thing is going to sell like gangbusters, like guaranteed. And if it does sell like gangbusters by having it look like new Super Mario Brothers, for example, well, it might not be a bad idea for NX to have a new Super Mario Brothers style game ready at day one in order to do exactly what you're saying, you know, to make that synergy, to make it that, you know, people will go out, buy, and it, it's clearly working. Like, this isn't something where, you know, people can argue. You cannot argue. If games, like, you know, that are a couple of years old, rechart after all this time, 
it, clearly it's got to do with the success of Pokemon Go. And we all know that not every game Nintendo puts out there is going to turn into another Pokemon Go. But I can tell you right now, Super Mario Run is going to be, it's going to be huge. It's going to be absolutely huge. And most likely, they're just going to charge like four ninety nine for it or something like that. And if that damn game, you know, sells two hundred million copies or something, cha ching. Yeah, and uh, it's apparently going to be a one time purchase, so it's not going to be like uh, additional uh, cost or whatever. So that's pretty cool. Uh, one thing that I found encouraging was that Pokemon the company's president said that. He, there was no plans to put the regular Pokemon games on mobile because it said, he said that that's not what mobile, the mobile market is about, which I completely agree with him because uh, Nintendo, if they wanted, could easily port like most of their NES game and even Super NES games on there <laughs> and it would have a lousy control setup, but it would, they yeah, would still make tons of money by doing that, but that would be... Yep that would not re- re- necessarily benefit the consumer. So they're not doing that. Well, other co- companies like Square Enix are doing that, and they don't care that their ports of their Final Fantasy games or Dragon Quest games play like crap on there. They don't care. They just want the money. So it's a good sign for Nintendo fans right now. I'm not sure if down the line, let's say the NX is a failure, if Nintendo will not try to do something like that too. Uh Counter, uh, counter-attack some of the bleeding. But right now, it seems very, very uh, well-managed, and they're making tons of money. And you, let's keep something in mind here. Nintendo, throughout all of its history, has always had a safety blanket. Always. And it's if you don't know what that is, basically in business, um, very high level, uh, what what it typically means is like okay well I manufacture like uh, components for the uh, the 3ds but I also make uh, 3ds carrying cases you know what I mean or like I also uh, I manufacture buildings where something uh, you know some production happens like some other market my first example was crap but some other market completely different than what you're you're in so that in the event that one one market starts to, you know, stumble a little bit. You don't go belly up. Now, ooh, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, now, granted, Nintendo's a gaming company, and that's what they do. But by having a portable and having a console, when one of them was successful and the other one wasn't, sort of offset the costs of, of or the expenses, rather. And now... Maybe this is going to be their new safety blanket or safety net. Like, maybe this is it. Like, you know, Super Mario Run, if it makes them $250 million and the NX isn't as successful as they were hoping, well, maybe it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like the Game Boy Advance compared to the GameCube. The GameCube, yeah, it made them some money, but it wasn't, you know, it was a huge disaster, big flop compared to what they had done with the N64, which itself was a big flop compared to the SNES and so on and so forth. But they always had something else to back them up. And we've been talking for a while that if this is a hybrid console and there is not a follow-up or like a successor to the 3DS, if it's just, here's the new Nintendo machine, you can bring it anywhere in the world you want, but when you're home, it can, you know, be played on your big screen TV. I've always been like, yeah, like, I get that. Like, I I see the positives to that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you kind of lose your safety net. And in this scenario, now I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe they're not going to lose their safety net at all. They're simply going to replace the dedicated portable with 
mobile. And I don't mean, like, I don't mean all of a sudden you're going to get your Pokemon, you know, your real Pokemon game on mobile. I don't mean that. I mean that they'll just release the select titles on mobile, make all kinds of money off of that, and then here we go, we have our hybrid NX, assuming that is what it is, um, and we're going to make all our game developers, our big game developers, work on that. And then there you go, you get the best of both worlds. If the thing doesn't sell too well, well, it's okay, because we're still making a buttload of money off of mobile. So it it might be a very smart strategy these guys are doing. Yep. Indeed. Okay, so let's see. Moving on, we had Super Mario Maker 3DS 2D levels only. Yeah, okay, so what was this all about? Where did you hear this? See, this is kind of cool. I like this podcast today because you're sort of giving me news and I get to uh, tell you opinions fresh off the presses because I don't know anything about this. Yeah, this just happened yesterday when the box art was revealed for uh, Mario Maker on 2DS and it said on the box art 2D only. Uh, oh, that's what you meant. So, yeah, so you don't actually uh, get used of the 3D feature in Mario Maker. And that's, I just wanted to quickly mention that because I don't know if you remember, New Super Mario Bros. 2 did have a 3D feature, but it was practically useless. Like, it did not do anything at all. So... I just wanted to quickly mention that. Like, I'm fine with no 3D uh, on a 2D uh, yeah, game. I, I, it's, it's, it doesn't really add much. I, I think we're done. Uh, at this point, I think we're pretty done with um, with the 3D element of 3DS. And I know, I fully understand, there are still, of course, bajillions of games that are coming out with that feature. But, I mean, I don't think that is now a selling feature whatsoever. And to be really honest with you, man, I haven't used the 3D in so long, I don't even remember what the last time it like I used it, and it was not because I didn't enjoy it or anything like that. I just, I just don't, I just don't use it anymore. Yeah, the last I, game I played with the 3D on was a uh, Link Between Worlds, and I played that game completely with the 3D on. And yeah, I, I thought did too. it was fantastic, but since Me too. then, for some reason, I completely turned it off all the time. I don't know if it was because it, it. Uh, burn down the battery too quickly or my eyes because I my eyes can't get used to it anymore and the new 3DS is supposed to be better for that but I used to be have no problem playing 3D all the time and now I can't for for some reason so oh that's interesting man because that was the last game that I did it too and I stopped for no reason I, I none I, I I maybe the battery maybe but nothing to do with my eyes or seeing no none of that for me um I actually have no is Dragon Quest even in 3D yeah it is I checked. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you I go. I think it is actually. Maybe it's not. But I, I, I checked and I, <laughs> I assumed there was some kind of 3D effect on them. But who knows? Yeah, it should. That game should because it's so old, right? Like yeah, now, I, I, I believe that Dragon Quest Eight might not have it, but Dragon Quest yeah. Seven. Yeah, you're right. It's a three-year-old game. So anyway, okay, cool. Okay, I, I didn't realize that's what you meant. I, okay, cool. Um, so now we've got uh, Paper Mario Color Splash. Now this was cool that you, what you told me earlier, but I'll let you uh, say the story because I think this is kind of cool. Yeah. So basically, there's a cool feature on the 3DS and the Wii U, and I like it's on probably on PS4 and Xbox One. Like by probably, I mean it's on there too. But I don't know how early it is. But with most games, you can preload them now, uh, two or three weeks, sometimes even months in advance. That's how I got Dragon Quest Seven. I had it preloaded and. I, I it was the first time honestly that I did this have have a game preloaded so early, but some people did the same thing with Color Splash, but they were actually 
lucky because today uh, many people got the actual game and two weeks before its release date, which is October 7th, and I don't know what happened, if somebody on Nintendo is going to get fired, but the game was available <laughs> if you preloaded it, and now they're going to be able to play. So it's going to be funny because probably uh, some people are going to try to do a Let's Play or something, and Nintendo's going to shut it down, obviously, because they don't want any Let's Plays of this game before it's out. But it, it, that's cool, man. If I had known, I would have probably done this, but it's not like I have time to play that right now. But it, it, it's a pretty cool uh, thing that happened today. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think uh, someone hit the release button a little bit too early, and you can't. There's nothing you can do to take that away. You know, like you're kind of screwed unless you update the game and then it doesn't work. But they'll never do that. You know, like they'll they'll never do that. And then people will simply just shut off their online features, and there you go. You have the game. Um, that is very surprising. That's very. I think that's the first time I've heard of that uh, for like a big release by a you know by a, a first party uh, title. That's really kind of kind of surprising. I uh, I'm <laughs> shocked actually, especially Nintendo of all companies. Yeah, and it that's only happened of, with Nintendo of America because it, the Nintendo of Europe and Japan could not get game early. Just just here, oh, oh, someone's gonna get <laughs> fired. But they, obviously they fixed the issue since. Since then, and it's no longer available. Well, it's yeah, for, available yeah, to preload, but not to download. Yeah. Oh, that's bad juju. But as I they would quickly mention that preloading games is awesome. My yeah, God, of course, it's awesome. Like, uh, that's why I found it funny when you were saying that you weren't going to get it's okay. DQ. I had pre-ordered this a bajillion years ago. So that's the only reason I was like, well, I'm not going to cancel my pre-order. Like, well, I, like you know, I have it pre-ordered. Yeah, it's and then funny that you'd still do that when the option to preload those games are there. Like, the 2DS is actually one of the first consoles to have that. So Yes, it is. That's true. Well, I ended up buying the game twice. Um, that's just the way I roll. Uh, so nobody can tell me that I, I'm not a fan of uh, this series because... <laughs> If you do, well, you're a liar. So I guess, unless you want to do a blast from the past, I, uh, I guess we're going to move on? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Topic so, of the show. Topic of the show, uh, basically, you know, everybody knows, um, we're, well, I, I can say we, because you are too. Um, we're fans of Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest is what I consider the last of the traditional, truly traditional role-playing games on the market. Um, there are, of course, other ones. There's still turn-based RPGs and things like that. But Dragon Quest, for better or worse, which we'll get into, I mean, I might be a big fan, but I'm not blind to uh, problems with it and things like that. Um, but for better or worse, it truly is a traditional Japanese RPG. And I don't even like using that term, like Japanese RPG. It's just a traditional turn-based RPG. And, um, like, we're both fans of this particular series. Steven really liked uh, Dragon Quest VIII when it was released way back when on the PS2. I still can't get over how, how long ago it was. Uh, you didn't really get into Nine though, eh? No, Nine. I played for about 10 hours, and I was really into it. The beginning, I thought, was fantastic. But as soon as they introduced the uh, NPC, like you could basically uh, select any any class you wanted, and the uh, 
the NPCs, your party was just full of NPCs that had no storyline implications whatsoever. And that turned me off. And I I should have given it a bigger chance because apparently everybody loves that game. So it must have something that I did not see. But I I just got turned off and the difficulty was quite high for that one too, unless you really wanted to grind for some reason. Like Dragon Quest in general, like it's not easy per se, but it's not... It's hard. It's not hard for as far as uh, RPGs go. Like, yeah. if you compare it to Final Fantasy, it's piece of cake. I I, I think from my personal experience, but it, it, there's still some grinding to do, and you still need to know what you're doing from time to time. Obviously, it was a bit harder back in the NES days, but it's yeah. still yeah. it's still like some people call it an an introduction to G, GRPGs. I don't know if you agree with that, but it, 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 you get my point. And yeah, it's 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 a okay. The way I tell people with Dragon Quest is it it starts off as a very simple RPG series. They, all of them do, and as you you progress in the the game, they add wrinkles, okay, or layers that you know change up the gameplay, mix it up a little bit, but it never really gets like OMG, like crazy complicated, like some of these modern games where, you know, you have all these skill trees and all this sort of stuff. That's not what Dragon Quest has ever been about. Dragon Quest has always been about just going out, exploring, meeting new, you know, like villages and, and, and just, just having fun. Like really, it, it, it doesn't get bogged down in these systems. Mm -hmm. And some people really don't like that. And, and that's okay. That's fine, yeah. It's just, for me, Dragon Quest... Like, Dragon Quest Eight. if I recall, when we did our top ten games of all times on Canadian Gamers, I believe I put it at, like, number seven or number eight. So, by the way, I put it on the list. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And I just was a bit let down by the follow-up, I guess. Like, I think you played over 100 hours of that game, and I know many people did, so... It's yeah, okay, so... just me. Well, no, I don't think so. Um, it... It goes like this. Now that you've experienced 7, okay, I think if you were to go back and play 9, you would have a different appreciation for it. Um, because it does have some similarities in the sense that there are a lot of contained storylines in Dragon Quest 9. So instead of putting the focus on your party, and that's what you loved about Dragon Quest VIII. You loved that. That was your thing. You, you loved that they had this interaction, that the party would speak to one another, that you had individual um, storylines for these like four characters, and they really got to like know and care about each other, and you, therefore, cared about these particular characters. And because of that, that, that lead-in, to that final confrontation, you were like, I, I really want to down this son of a bee. Um, and yes, that's true. Absolutely true. With Dragon Quest VII as well, you do have the interaction with your party members. Every time you go to a new village, something new happens. You can press, uh, what button is it? Let's just see. You can press the B button, and you can, um, you can talk to your party, and they'll have like little witty dialogue and banter back and forth and things like that. Um, but the difference is that with Seven, which we'll obviously get into way more detail in just a sec, um, Seven has a lot of self-contained little storylines, and that's what Dragon Quest um, Nine went back to. Like, 
8, yes, the same thing. Yes, 8 definitely did have self-contained storylines, stuff like that. But they took it to, like, the next level with 9, where you had, like, quest lines. Each individual quest, like, you know, would help an individual NPC. And it was not as fleshed out, absolutely. No one can deny that. The 9 would as, was as fleshed out as, um, as the rest of the series. But it, it certainly is a very good game in its own right. And I look at it like it really was the precursor to Dragon Quest X. It really was, because Dragon Quest X is set up in a very similar way as Dragon Quest IX, with the exception being that your party this time is either NPCs, like just general other characters from, from other gamers, or your friends. And that's what I really like about Dragon Quest X. I've been playing it now for goodness. We're going to be going on two years straight of videos of Dragon Quest X, uh, which is unbelievable. I never imagined that we were going to do that. Um, but I, I will admit... I am very much looking forward to Dragon Quest XI now. Because having gone back in English and played, um, well, I'm playing Dragon Quest VII, I really am, I think, like, the number one game I'm the most excited for right now is Dragon Quest XI. I really cannot wait to experience another traditional RPG in this universe, um, but going back now to to what we've seen before and maybe because currently we don't we have not seen a party if i'm not mistaken i we've only seen one main playable character like the hero guy and that was it so i'm still not a hundred percent sure what direction they're going me personally i really want to go back to like the dragon quest one to uh eight like i i want a party that stays together that you learn you know their inside stories <clears throat> excuse me their backstories and all of that. I really, really, really hope Dragon Quest XI goes in that direction, but I'm not 100% sure considering the success of Dragon Quest IX and X. I want to set up a timeline here, because you actually played Dragon Quest VII and VIII on the Japanese 3DS this year, right? Uh, that's the thing. I'm not sure, man. Was it this year or last year? Uh... It's hard to tell. Because my, my, Japanese, my Japanese 3DS, I had to put it away to make room on my desk, so I don't have it to look at the, the log. But at Dragon Quest VIII in Japan, on 3DS, came out uh, last year, I believe, last summer. Yeah, it was last. So maybe well, it was last. But anyway, my point is you played the, these games, or at least Dragon Quest VII recently, and you beat it on your Japanese 3DS, so you still have it fresh on your mind, right? Well, yes, but not, not, how can I say this? Yes, I know where to go, I know what to do, I know, like that, yes, yeah. And you probably invested over 100 hours into seven. On seven? Because um, you beat it, right? Yeah, I beat it, I just didn't go crazy because I, I couldn't, like, I was having a hard time finding information on the game. Um, so I didn't do any of, like, Monster Haven, or I think it's called Haven here, um, I didn't do any of the monster class stuff, um, and I just went to uh, what what you know the, the the classes that I I went to back in Dragon Warrior Seven, and um, and I and I finished the game off like that was it. So can you tell me a bit if there's any t any difference between the, the North American version and the Japanese version? Besides uh, not that I. Um, not really. Not not offhand so far. Um, not that it. The difference between 
Dragon Quest Seven and Dragon Warrior Seven. Okay. Like I know, I know, I I know a lot on my top of my head, but I'm pretty sure there's like classes and stuff like that that have been added. Okay. Um, this is the thing that I would very much like our fan base to to touch base on. Okay, guys. Um, this is going to be really really important to you, uh, to me, you to this discussion because. The one thing, Zelda is like one of the few series, certain Zeldas, um, not all, um, where like I know that, you know, like, like A Link to the Past, you know, if you were to release A Link to the Past today and you were to change, say, one thing, like the color of something, I would know right away because it's like, it's ingrained in there. Um, Dragon Quest is not one of those things and I don't know why. I, I, I don't understand why that is. I have a very hard time with Dragon Quest remembering like names of spells. Um, like I, I can in, intuitively or instinctually um, select, you know, like a heal all type of spell or like uh, some sort of buff or debuff. Um, but I have, I have a hard time for whatever reason. And I think it's because ever since I was really young, I've been playing this series in Japanese and then much later playing it in English and, and, and going like that. So what this amounts to is that I have a very hard time recalling what was in which game. Like if you were to come through and, and, and talk to me and say like, okay, Dragon Quest V, what, uh, what happened in Dragon Quest V? I, I, I couldn't even tell you. Like I, I would have to really like, I, I'd be like, okay, hey, I'll get back to you in half an hour. <laughs> Um, because I just, I, I, I can't do that now. So comparing Japanese to American, um, I really don't know, uh, if things have been censored a bit, uh, maybe dialogue, which I would not be able to tell you, but I don't think anything exclusive made its way into the North American one. Uh, but guys, this is for you. Okay. So let me know about this. Um, if I'm mistaken, go ahead, like, tell me. But with Dragon Warrior, oh, hell yeah. Like, oh, hell yeah. This is so different. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I remember back in the day. Let me, let me grab it. It's right here, Dragon Warrior 7 here. I remember back in the day, this freaking game, man. This freaking game. I'm looking at the box art now, and I'm just like, oh, I I invested so much time into this son of a mm-mm game you cannot possibly imagine. And the reason why is because Dragon Quest VII, okay, is one of the most, um, how can I say this, user-unfriendly video games I have ever played. It was friggin' brutal man brutal just to uh, correct you you meant dragon warrior 7 yeah sorry well, yeah, dragon sorry. quest 7 obviously if you're talking about the japanese no 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 i'm talking dragon warrior 7 on the playstation 1 the number one selling playstation 1 game of all time dra- at least in japan uh dragon warrior 7 um but i'm talking about the north american one <laughs> um yeah, so the PS1 Classic was brutal, okay? It was a Super Nintendo game that was basically slapped on with, like, the Grandia engine for graphics uh, in terms of how it worked. 
where you can move the camera left and right around like this 3D space, but the entire game was sprite-based in terms of like how it actually looked. And I never cared about that. I know so many people back in the day were all like, eh, 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 graphics. So obviously those have been completely redone. But the, um, the graphics have been like copied, essentially, like directly from the PlayStation 1 original. So like your house, for example... It's exactly the way it was. Bags are where they were originally, although you can't actually search bags in this one, which I think is kind of unique, because in the PS1 original, you could search. So you could not only search, uh, say, pots and break the pots and break barrels, but you could also search bags, which I thought was kind of weird why you couldn't do that here, but whatever. And again, guys, again, very important, I could be totally wrong, okay? I could be totally, totally wrong. But uh, I'm pretty sure you could. Uh, The other thing, which is the one, the big one that you know of, is the fact that the entire beginning of the game has been completely streamlined so that now you are essentially fighting within, I think it's like the first hour, no? No, I think, like most people, most reviews say two hours. For me, I think it took me an hour and 20 minutes but I went pretty fast. I, I assume most people will get their first battle in around a, between an hour, 30 minutes or two hours. Okay. So then at, at the very least double that for the original. And I mean that like at the very least double that I have two videos, which I don't want to like just check now only because I don't want to like you'll hear it, you know, in the recording, and I don't really want to do that. But I have two Dragon Quest Seven, uh, sorry, Dragon. War- no, actually, I have three Dragon Warrior Seven videos here. Okay, and if I go, I one of them is thirty-seven minutes. Uh, one of them is thirty-four minutes, so that's over an hour. And this one is thirteen minutes, and I'm nowhere near the first battle. Like, I mean, nowhere near. I'm still in the first dungeon. The first dungeon of the game is where you have to go and get the pieces of armor. So in this one, you just have to go and pick them up. There's like this little room. You go, you pick them up, and the way you go, you're done. Um, But in the original, it's like a gargantuan friggin' dungeon with no enemies, just puzzles. Tons and tons of puzzles. It's so freaking long that... So many people got turned off by Dragon Warrior 7 back in the day just because of that. I can't tell you how many people I know were just like, okay, well, like, F this, I'm out, you know, because it's like three hours or something and you still are trying to figure out where to go, what to do. Um, you haven't even found any fragments yet. You're, you're, you're still in the present. And they were just like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. Now, if you did invest time, if you did get to the point where you, you, you know, started traveling the world, well, guess what? Things don't get any better. In this new version, you can at any point go into the info tab and say, where is the next fragment? And it will actually tell you where you have to go. Now, this will become critical to Mr. Steven here um, when he gains the ability to fly. Because when you gain the ability to fly, the game opens up a little bit and you gain the freedom to go wherever the hell you want to go, okay? And that sounds all fine and dandy, but the problem was in the original is if you weren't paying attention or let's say you you couldn't play the game every single day, right? So like you had to shut it off for whatever reason. Well, 
you were pretty much screwed because good luck trying to find out where that next fragment happened to be. So here, they made it extremely user-friendly. Okay, just go to this location. Wabam, you're, you're, you're done. Um, the other thing is you have that lovely orb at the bottom screen that pulsates to tell you when you're getting closer and closer to a fragment. Again, wonderful. This is customer service I look at. Some people are like, oh, it's not hardcore enough and this and that. Guys, like, relax. You know, like, seriously, this is, it's, it's much better game as a video game this remake is far superior to the original in in just making it just a, a better experience yes i understand sure if you really explore every area which i do i do in this new one i don't need the orb to tell me if i'm getting closer or not because i explore every single room uh because i want to get mini medals and things of that nature but not everyone is Jared, right? There are a lot of people who simply want to move on with the story and they, they don't want to talk to every NPC. They don't want to explore every little nook and cranny. And so for those people, it's so user-friendly right now. But you mentioned something very interesting, okay? You mentioned, are there new classes? And I don't think there are. Dun, dun, dun. I actually think they're simply renamed classes. That, that's and interesting because they added stuff to Dragon Quest Eight. Then again, Dragon Quest Eight was remade years after Seven, but I would imagine they did that. But maybe not. Maybe not because they also removed the random encounters. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. See, I would have totally forgot that. Um, here, I'm just checking right now um, while we're talking. Okay, um, I put Dragon Warrior Seven classes. Okay, so. There was a bard back in the day, but the bard, let me go into the email I just sent you today, because the bard still exists, it's just been renamed something else. Uh, where are we? Sent emails, Mr. Steven, here we go. Okay, so today your basic classes include the warrior, martial artist, mage, priest, dancer, the uh, troubadour. Uh, jester, sailor, thief, and shepherd. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten standard classes are basic. Back in the day, there was bard, cleric, dancer, fighter, jester, mage, uh, mariner, shepherd, thief, and warrior. See? Ten. So it's exactly the same. Then they didn't change anything. Because for intermediate classes, today we have Gladiator, Armamentalist, Paladin, Sage, Luminary, um, Pirate, and Monster Masher. So that's seven. And back in the day, we had Dragoon, Paladin, Pirate, Ranger, Sage, Tamer, and Teen Idol, which is seven. So yeah, there's no difference at all. Okay. They, simply, they simply changed the names of them. All right. So yeah. Uh, but other than that... I don't know. That's the the truth. I I I haven't played DQ. Uh, sorry, Dragon Warrior Seven in so long, man, <laughs> that I I I honestly don't know. At this point, I don't really think so. Um, but that that could be completely false. I know the whole thing with the um, the fragments in um, you know, with the Street Pass. That obviously is all new. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm going to just mention like what you said at the beginning like about how the game works and how unfriendly it was like I cannot imagine I just cannot imagine because in my mind it's still a bit 
like tedious for no reason yeah, at all. Sure. Like it seems like some of the de these design choices were made just to make the game longer. And if you know anything about Dragon Quest VII, is that the thing the game doesn't really need is more length. Like it's already long enough. Like there was no reason to do this. I just don't understand the design choices of Dragon Warriors 7, and I'm very, very glad, don't get me wrong, that they streamlined it and that they made it a lot more easier and a lot less tedious, but it still, it still is, it still feels very much unnecessary for me. Because the way the game, like, you talked about the beginning, how you don't get into a battle for a long, long, long time. And even after that, it's still very, very slow, a slow-paced adventure. But the thing that still gets me is, like, minor spoilers. Like, obviously, there's going to be minor spoilers for what we talk about here, guys, but I don't think it's going to be an issue. The, the main goal of the game is to go back in time and fix some problems of uh, some villages, and then you basically unlock that island in the present. And the problem I have with that is that that forces you basically to revisit every area at least twice. And I'm pretty sure it's like I've already visited some areas more than twice. And I'm pretty sure it's even more than that because I'm pretty sure most of these you, you'll get to uh, back to often during your 100 hour adventure or more. So it's a bit. I don't understand the appeal of that uh, that design choice to make you like it's fun to go back to this village and see the history change and whatnot, but doing the dungeons over and over again, I could yeah. I could live without. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you're done with that because I have a lot to say yeah, about that. Right. Okay. Um, this was one of my my. Um, annoyances with Dragon Quest 7 um it makes a lot of people's list of like the best Dragon Quest thing and for me one of the reasons why um well number one I have a hard time making that list because like I said my I, I never remember which one is which um but 7 the reason why 7 is not always like high on my list is because of what you just said uh I I, I always found that very tedious going back what I what I thought would have been a, a wiser choice would have been so you go to the past you you have your dungeons in the past you do whatever right but then in the future when you come back to present time when you go back to the future um it should have been sort of like uh how can i say this it it, it should have been um like just not mandatory and like i i like the idea that you can go back and see, oh, wow, you know, like this is how the town has evolved or the village has evolved or sometimes even the continent has evolved. But I really don't like the idea that it's forced on you. Like you have to go back to see these places and how they've changed because it's the only way to get new fragments in order to move on. And very often those fragments are back in the same dungeon that they were in previously, except now there's no monsters. So you can like run through them and you can go and get yeah, stuff, but that's not always the case. Um, and yeah, exactly what, uh, what you said. Uh, it, it just, it, it, it's a very odd design choice when you consider just how gargantuan of a video game this is, it, it, you could have easily made this uh, an 85-hour game. 
you know, or or maybe like an eighty hour game or or whatever. Um, hell, it may even still be a hundred hour game. Um, doing what I said. Now, granted, you know, they, things would have had to have changed a little bit with these fragments, or they could have just made it that the fragments are only available in the past. You know what I mean? And and that that's it. You know, you you find a couple in the present to get you going, and then you find them in the past, and and there you go. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. It, it's an archaic design, and I mean, you can really feel it, guys. You can really, really feel it. People tend to forget this, but Dragon Warrior 7, and I keep referring to that just to differentiate between the PS1 game and the uh, 3DS one, but that game was released, I think it was 2001, but it was in development since like 1995, I think it was, or 1996. It was originally developed for the Super Nintendo, so it feels like it. You know what I mean? Like it, a lot of those core design choices really feel like a very, very, very old RPG from that point in time. And yeah, I, I am super thankful that they made the design choices that they did for this, um, for this remake. But yeah, I'm right there with you, man. That uh, it's still very, it feels very archaic. Like that, that, a lot of this could have been removed. And how was the encounter rate? Do you remember how was the encounter rate in Dragon Warrior? It was 7? Dragon Quest, dude. It's Dragon Quest. Every two steps, every yeah. three steps. Because I, I like the fact that there's no uh, random encounters there, but in dungeon where there's very narrow space, it, al- it <laughs> almost feels like the same thing. Because obviously you're running into monsters every two steps because they keep popping into your face, and you don't yeah. have much room to evade. And I'm probably i'm 19 hours in right now almost and i the first like 10 like i played like not uh not actually trying to evade them because i was playing my own mentality with dragon quest to grind and make sure you're oh you're high enough and then you kept talking about how you were like almost 10 hours ahead of me and my level was the same as you so i decided to stop like grinding as much like i i'm evading everything now if I can, but yeah. but in dungeons, like it's almost the same as uh, random encounters because they're all over the place and there's it's very narrow uh, corridors. So what can you do? <laughs> no, no, but that's it, man. That was my point. Like that's why I wasn't grinding because in essence you are going to grind. You know what I mean? Like there's no point in 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 purposely getting into battles, that doesn't make any sense because it's going to happen to you no matter what. Once you jump into dungeons, yeah, you're screwed, man. Like, you're going to be fighting. That's why I was telling you with the Abbey, um, that area, right? Like, I, I, I wasn't exaggerating, was I? You're still not done, are you? No. <laughs> I, I, I assume I'm close. Well, well I was going to say spoiler there, but I assume I'm close. I hope. But it, it, I'm enjoying this quest, though. Actually, I'm enjoying this very much. Like, he, yeah, well, no, no, no. Like, and it's not a bad quest. No, it's, it's just probably that the, one of the like most quests feel like side quests, if you get what I mean. But this one actually feels like it's part of the main storyline because there's yeah, something gonna, important happening, something major <laughs> happening. Yeah, <clears throat> and you're gonna get more and more of that now as you move forward. You, you're gonna get smaller islands and stuff that still will feel side quest ish 
but you're going to slowly, you're going to see, they're going to start ramping up talking about like, you know, like some big evil type of thing. And it's going to get more and more and more as you get forward until it culminates where you're like, okay, now I get it. Like I see what's going on. No, I really, uh, I really can't wait to play more. Like, like I've been like, I'm, I'm like critic critical of the game, but, Every single free moment I have, I'm playing the game, so it's doing something right. Oh, well, exactly, and and that that's exactly where I am. Uh, exactly like that. Like I am not oblivious to the facts. Like I wouldn't go, oh yeah, ten on ten, best game ever. But uh, there's it, it has the Dragon Quest appeal, like which is these are charming characters. It's got a good storyline, and there's just something. It's it's a fun game to play. And once you unlock the classes, that's when it really starts to get fun because you can make your characters so incredibly weak. That's right, weak. That you're sort of scratching your head going, what the hell did I just do? You know, like they were so much more powerful before. And you'll max out that, that class and then you'll unlock like another class or like let's say you, you do two classes and you're like, yeah, okay, my character was a little weak or a little bit stronger. Um, and then you unlock an intermediate class, and then all of a sudden your jaw drops because you're like, holy crap, I'm hitting for like 120 <laughs> per attack now, and I'm only like level 23 or something like that. You know, you're like, what just happened here? And that's the appeal of the whole class system is that when you realize, like, wow, I'm now like godly, and it just keeps going the more classes you unlock. This is this is funny because the last Dragon Quest game I beat was six, and this seems similar or almost exactly the same as the quest system, uh, the class system in six, which I like wasted many hours doing. Not as much as you, and not as crazy as you when it comes to that, but uh, like the class system in six was very addicting, and it, it seems very similar. Yeah, do you remember, man? This was my thing. I wanted to comment on that, but I, I didn't have a chance to play 6 again very quickly to see um, how exactly did it work. Because I, I do remember it's similar. I, I, I think it's exactly the same. It doesn't. It's not XP-based, it's battle-based. And also, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, you get you unlock that system very late in the game also in 6. Although 6 is... Or thirty or forty hour game, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, I believe actually mine my mine clocked at exactly thirty six hours, so it's not as long as seven. But I don't think you unlock the classes till like the twentieth hour or the fifteen hour in that one too. So it, it it takes a lot of time, but it's pretty much the same thing. I don't think there was as many classes, but I do remember that you needed to master a class to be able to learn another one and you learn to keep those abilities. I believe you had to master the class though, which is different from seven. I think you don't need to master a class to keep the abilities in seven, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't tried it, but I don't, I don't think so. I think once you've unlocked uh, for the, the basic classes, at least I'm still not sure about intermediate. That's what I'm trying to do. I want to level my intermediate uh, characters uh, classes so that I can check, to see if they stick with you. Cause I think they do. I think it's only the advanced classes that you're screwed. Like you must be in the advanced class to keep it. I'm hoping that's the case, but I'm not entirely convinced that's true. But I imagine that once you're in the advanced class, there's not really any point of, of switching back 
Exactly. No, exactly. Like, there's no reason whatsoever. Like, once you unlock hero, druid, or uh, champion, you're pretty much going to keep those classes because they're, they're like powerhouses. It's crazy. Nice. Anything else, or you want me to move on to our blast from the past? I just realized we've been talking for an hour and 11 minutes. <laughs> well, just uh, quickly, like, I know you don't want to do this, but maybe if you tried, what like what would be like your top three Dragon Quest, like on top of your head, your top three favorite Dragon Quest games, oh. and how being playing seven right now, like how how much are you enjoying this? Me, there is not a single Dragon Quest I don't enjoy. Um, but the best of the best, like eight's up there for sure. Four is up there for sure. Um, because uh, when we used to talk about this, you've always said that six was your okay. Yeah, but now things have changed dramatically, right? Six was my link to the past. It it blew my mind when that came out. I mean, it was one of the most graphically stunning video games of its time. Um, the class system was extremely deep for its time, um, but. But now, considering we have all the remakes and, and things like that, my opinion has changed quite a lot. And 8 was absolutely superb. I think 8 is probably my favorite one just because of the story. I absolutely loved that game. Um, but definitely 4 is in there. 6 is in there. 5 is really good, too. Uh, 3 is really good. Like... I, I don't know, man. Honestly, I, I, I this is this is the one series where it's just it's so friggin' hard. Not because of the usual Jared, but more because there's been so many friggin' games now that have, have been remade that it, it changes your opinion. Like, like the remake of Dragon Quest Four. Did you like that? That's amazing. Yeah, that's man. the one I, I that was in my DS Lite that was put in the garbage that I I lost forever. That I was almost at the end of the game too. My thing, yeah, yeah, I used to play Dragon Quest Four a lot on my DS Lite, and I put it right beside my bed, and it fell in the garbage. I used to live with my parents, and my my dad just picked up the garbage, and obviously did not check in the bag, <laughs> and it's forever in the dump. Oh, awesome. that's so sad. But I'm a bit worried about Dragon Quest Eight because I think, and you might be able to answer that, you might not be able. I think it's more based on the Japanese version, which is really inferior to the North American version we got because the Japanese version did not have voice acting and it did not have many other things that the North American version had. It, I think the remake of the 2DS one has the improved menus, but I don't think it's even as improved as, as the North American one was. So um, did it have voice acting? Would you play? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> you don't remember, right? I don't remember, um, but I do remember that it is definitely inferior in some aspects to the PS2 yeah. one. Our PS2 one. I know that they added some party members, though. And yeah, they. Well, I don't think it's, I think they added two. They added two. They added two, and it's exciting. And at the same time, I'm worried because one of the strengths of Dragon Quest Eight is the story and the fact that you only have four party members and the. They, for the most part, stay with you during the entire game, which I always like. So now having two more, which obviously you're not going to have six characters with you at all times. So I'm a bit worried about that, but you played the heck out of that game. You already beat it. So I, And again, you might not have any insight because you don't remember anything. 
Uh, well, it's not so much the remembering this. This is more like a limited understanding. It's like I don't know what... I mean, there's new quest lines. Th- this one is is a much bigger remake than 7 in some aspects. Um, it's a lot less of a remake in terms of the visuals, the audio-visual presentation. So instead, like where 7, all the money was put clearly into the audiovisual design, right? Like, they literally had to, like, recreate the whole bloody game. Um, whereas with 8, they did not need to do that because it was it's, like, a beautiful game to begin with. So they just had to basically scale it to what they wanted. So they did add quest lines and things like that to the game, which is why I'm so excited to experience this in English. It's going to be way the hell easier, and I'll be able to really understand what the hell is going on. But... These two characters now have been fleshed in with the party, so I don't think you need to be worried too much because there's a lot of dialogue that happens. So I, I didn't play it in English, so I don't I don't know exactly um, what all that back and forth dialogue is. But I have a feeling that they've simply added these particular people into the main game. So. I don't think we have too much to worry about. I think basically what it's going to do is it's going to extend the storyline. Yeah. I, I I hope I hope the voice acting isn't there, but I I, I believe it's not. Which I yeah I don't think so. I disappointed because it's, it was really really well done. Yeah, but I think for space and stuff, I'm not sure if they. I, I'm pretty sure there is nothing. So what else? Well, I I I think we can save the rest for when you eventually review this. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm much more interested to follow along your adventure. Yeah, no, I'm really having, like, I'm having a blast doing that. I, I was always worried. I still am about the length of this because it is a bit repetitive sometimes. But, like, as I have a feeling that as soon as I get the classes, which is very soon, I'm going to grind the heck out of this because I really want to... I, I don't know. I, I, I love that aspect about six, so I'm going to love this about seven... And there's a few different characters that I want to see, like, what the heck is going on with Kiefer. Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. I went back and you, you told me I was going to get answers and I did not get any answer at all. So I'm assuming that's going to be later. So <laughs> you'll, you'll see. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, so far, so good. Like, uh, can't wait, man. I'm really happy we got this. Yeah, that's the thing. Thank you. That that's very good, Stephen. Um, that's it. I think that's the best way to to end our little discussion on Dragon Quest. Is exactly that. That I I myself too am ridiculously thankful that we actually got this because I was very skeptical that this was ever coming over. Just like Dragon Quest Ten. Uh, but Dragon Quest X, unfortunately, it's got a lot more going against it than Seven did in the fact that it's an MMO um, and a paid one at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I am so happy to experience this again because the last Dragon Quest we got was Dragon Quest Nine, and that was a damn long time ago. Or was it six? That was nine. So let's see when when was this? This is like 2009 probably. Dragon Quest 9 release date. Let's see. Well, I know it was a while. Yeah, 2009 and North America 2010. So that's 6 years. Um and 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 that's what sucks, honestly. 
That's what sucks because it's what makes it so hard to follow the series because it's, you know, with like Zelda, you know, you're, you're guaranteed you're going to get a Zelda game every like, you know, one, two or three years. You're, like for sure, it's going to happen. It's like Mario and, and series like that. Now, unfortunately, Metroid's falling into, you know, that whole like six year type weight thing. But with Dragon Quest, it, it's, they're, they're like all over the map, man. It, it's, it's really, really friggin' annoying. And what scares me with this is that they still aren't showing the series faith, and it's really annoying. Yeah, this is published like, by Nintendo, by the way. Exactly. Square Enix bringing this, which is really annoying, scary for Dragon Quest XI because we might only get the uh, 3DS and NX version, which is not that bad because I assume the NX version will be very similar to the PS4 version. But it's always better yeah. to get all options. But that's it, Cesar, exactly. And that's what's really, like, it's really annoying, man, because to me, I look at it like, do they even have faith at all in this property on the worldwide market? And, I mean, nothing would please me more than to get next month's sales charts and to see this thing charted, like, number 10, or even, yeah, like, you know. It's not going to happen. This is, I, I know. This is, not everything needs to chart to be profitable. This is one of those series that you need to invest to in order yeah. for it to eventually maybe chart but still doesn't need to and no I, and I think the cells will be good enough but i don't think it will chart and and i i 100 percent agree with you it's just i like i want it to because it's a series that i i love you know and like a, a surprise monster hunter type of thing which no i don't not number one or anything but it would be nice to be able to say, like, it's back, you know? Like, there's no question, like, we're going to get 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever. It's back. And I'm always nervous about this because of what you just said, the fact that, like, Nintendo is the one that's publishing this, and there's no word at all on Dragon Quest Eleven, and it's like, damn it, man, like, damn it. I hate having to import this series. It sucks. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on so that uh, I don't have to get Axiom Verge footage, which I might now that this is going so late. Ugh, I don't want to. Uh, so, Blast from the Past. Very simple one today. N64 game, uh, completely overlooked for its time. I would love to tell you that it's held up wonderfully, but I haven't played it in forever. Um, and I have no idea. But it was a really fun game that history has sort of forgotten. And it was uh, the first, I, I believe, again, you guys can correct me if I'm, I'm mistaken, but it was released in 2009, so PS2 wasn't even out yet. And, um, you mean I 99, believe, right? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, 99. <laughs> no, no, what do you mean? <laughs> um, and it was, I believe, the first 3D console shooter to feature a cover mechanic. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's really funny because today... If you actually look up, you know, games like Years of War and you, you follow the history of it, this particular game is often cited as, like, one of the, the games that inspired cover mechanics as you know it today that are used in everything from Uncharted to, like, the already mentioned uh, Gears of War. And that game is a game called Winback. It was a third-person shooter for the N64, and it just came out at a really bad time because it was when the Dreamcast was, you know, getting all the hype. It was a really, really, really interesting game for its time, 
And it wasn't wonderful, wasn't amazing, wasn't like a 9.9 on 10, but it's certainly a, a, a hidden gem that would be interesting to revisit today. And it was a game that I was thinking about on the way back from work today. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm wondering if any of the, the people listening here um, have actually played that recently, and how has that game held up? Uh, I call it a blast from the past, but it may not even be a blast to play. Anymore. <laughs> uh I had one of my friends who actually bought the game back in the day, so I saw him play a bit. And yeah, it's, it, it seemed like a pretty pretty solid game. So I'm going to give you the, the okay on this, a thumbs up, the good old thumbs up. Okay. Well, that's it. That was my, um, that was my blast from the past. Um, but I, I thought it would be a little bit different because I was thinking – I was trying to think of something a little more original that we haven't covered before. And, yeah, I've played some games, but I'll, I'll save it for another blast from the past. Um, but I thought this would be kind of interesting, sort of challenge, like, the um, the listeners out there um, or the viewers. Um, like, you know, have you actually played this? How does it hold up? I'd be really curious to hear. Probably going to get comments telling me it's god-awful. You need to actually make a list of all our previous blast from the past. Uh, yeah, we do because, because like, we're getting I'm I'm afraid like at last podcast I think I used Alien Infestation and while I was doing that I, I was like, did I use this before? So you need to you need to make a list. Uh, I do because if it wasn't you I could have potentially said it. <laughs> I don't think so though. I think we're good. Sure. But yeah, we gotta do that because uh I'm getting uh yeah. Okay. All right, guys, so that's it. An hour and 24 minutes. I think we're good. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch you guys on the flip side very soon. Uh, just everything, we've all been so busy playing Dragon Quest that we haven't thought of anything else. Uh, and that's that. So thanks a lot, for everybody. Steven, say goodbye. Bye-bye.